Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Gary gets here, walks across the dead ball line, now sprints back for Manly. Up he goes, changes direction. This is rugby league, folks. Have a look at it. Links up with Cherry Evans. It's still on for Manly. Away from Hess. Kicks in field. Look who's there. Tom Hello and welcome to the SC Playbook Podcast, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. I'm your host, Tim Williams. We are here for the final episode of the NRL Supercoach 2023 season. A new champion has been crowned. Here to talk through it with us today is, as always, the Supercoach Spy. Spy, looking as sharp as ever in your Warriors crop top. <laughs> straight crop, mate. Uh, what a week. Finals footy's back. Talking to Matty over there, the best two months of the year in March because footy starts and September because it's spring and finals footy. Does it get much better? No. It's, it's a wonderful time of year. You get to put the feet up a little bit, enjoy finals footy without the pressures of Supercoach and uh, spring racing on top of it. Just a great time. You're also with us uh, to chat through 2021's sixth-placed finisher. She's back, Clementine Cassidy. Clem, you look particularly particularly happy today why would that be <laughs> oh that might be um because i've bet spy three years in a row now 21 22 and 2023 three years on the trot spy clem has got you i'm actually so filthy <laughs> like i'm genuinely angry um i was meshing clem on the weekend mostly voice meshes because i don't deal in writing because i get sick of it and she's like He's your nervous. <laughs> like, yeah, I said I'd beat you, I'm going to beat you. And watch, it was the Bulldogs, who they doggies play? Titans. Titans. Sunday, I should, thought it'd be at 100 all. The doggies and showed up and they had line speed. I'm like, what is this about? <laughs> and then it all started when Fafita went out the back play. I'm like, well, this is just the easiest points of all time to mm. get Sunday rolling. My boy Blake Wilson jammed him and tacked him one-on-one. <laughs> and Clem's writing back, she's like... I actually hope he gets a try for you just to <laughs> I'm like, who is this? And as it turned out, there is a bit of a story to it. Once updates came in Sunday night, I figured out how tight it would have been. Sunday morning, though, yes. the, uh, the first lot of updates. That oh, was the, crazy. The first update with projections had us drawing for the year. After 27 rounds with <clears throat> two games to 31, go. 31,000 <laughs> points, like... It's absurd. That's absurd. <laughs> anyway, so we knew it would be tight. Every every point mattered. And basically went through the Doggies-Titans match. Blake Wilson scored off a drop ball on the buzzer. Like, Hello. Chance. We're on here. 
Fafita updated pretty well, and we didn't obviously know updates leading into the Cronulla match, but I had it with 20 minutes to go. I thought I was leading by about probably 10 or 15 points. She had Nico and Mulatalo, <laughs> and I had Tarpany who'd just come back on. So I'm like, Tarpany probably gets another 30. I'm leading by about 45, game on. Mm. Little did I know, I got about 20 points in updates that night from the previous match, so I actually led by about maybe 30. So I would felt felt reasonably confident. Tarpany got a, on the back of a quick play the ball five out with twenty one minutes on the clock. I'm like, he's in here. He is in or he's gonna drift across, offload, set something up. He got jammed as well. <laughs> <laughs> Next play, kick across field, <clears throat> caught it, said Chris Beer tackles old mate, gets sent off and I called Clem. Said well done. I'm about to get destroyed. She's like, no, no, no. It'll be right. Like, I'm I was about trying to, to be like really destroyed. nice. <laughs> Nico put on about 70 in that period. Mulatalo scored and she did me by 100. Don't give Nico a sniff at a 12-man defensive lineup. <laughs> yeah. So the good news is if I would have probably known the updates earlier, I would have been more gutted because I would have been confident and that send-off would have utterly destroyed me. But I think it just uh, it was a nice little cap to the year, I feel, that story. And, and then it went to the final game. Like, it literally went to the final game, and I was driving down to Sydney at the so time. So you had it on the radio. So I had it yeah. on the radio. And so obviously, like, I couldn't, like, work out the Supercoach scores or anything, and, mm. like, Spy's, like, calling me, like, giving me Supercoach updates. And it was just so exhilarating that it came down to the last game. And then when he rings me and he's like, um, that it's over for him now, when Chris mm. got sent off, I'm like, no. No, 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 it's fine, it's fine. You gotta, you could still come back now. Um, and then when I won, like I pull, had to pull over, I was that excited. Like I was just like, oh my God, I've done it again. Clem, you're sitting there all Sunday, so I'm <laughs> not losing this spot. There's not a chance. <laughs> well, he, that, those, he's like totally downplaying how anxious he was in those voice messages. I wish I could play them for you. He was so anxious all weekend. Probably can. And Spy, <laughs> mate, to, to cap off, you know, not that they're the best year for Spies, Spies 17, your mortal enemy, soccer skipper Matty Ryan, he had a pretty impressive year. He's beaten you back-to-back as well. Went on a tear. <laughs> so the, bo- the boys have not responded at the moment, and we'll get to it shortly. I've already done my in-season, in-depth review, and I've, I've already picked my side for next year while it's fresh. I went through every position, wrote it out, wrote my chibis. It, it sounds hectic. It sounds like a four-hour exercise. It wasn't. It was pretty easy to do. And I've penciled in my preferred train-on squad for next year, pending prices. And we'll talk about what I'm going to do. But I'm, I'm coming. I'm so oh. fired up. Oh. But can we quickly, quickly talk about now what Spy has to do because I won again? You can. So at Magic Crown next year, Spy <laughs> is going to be walking down Caxton Street dressed as CJ Parker, red swimsuit, fake boobs, blonde wig. He is going to look Perfection. <laughs> Two things. One, I'm not a spoil sport, but I never actually agreed to this. Twitter just made it up Saturday night. And I'm like, okay. Twitter has spoken. Okay, yep. B, I think you also have to do it. I'll do it. Sweet. With you. D- didn't take much convincing. <laughs> I'll do anything Clint to get you in He was like, I really want to do it with you. It would be kind of fun. <laughs> C, Magic Round for me is about full enjoyment, relaxation, so I'm not doing any work to do it. You... Someone brings you the costume <laughs> and I'll do it. Oh. That's the rules. So I won, but basically you've won. 
We'll see how it pans out. But I'm not going <laughs> costume hunting when I could be having beers at the Caxton. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure Clem will uh, hate sorting that outfit for you, Spy. So, guys, we will get to what we learned from the season shortly. One of my favourite times of the season, recapping those little things in our awards. Uh, but firstly, the overall Supercoach champion, 2023, Wayne, the coach of Numbnuts. What are you doing, Spy, you widow? I'm finding one of the voice messages. Just Keep wait going. till the end, of the end of the show, mate. I can't. No, Jesus. I'm going to play it. Oh, my God. <laughs> Wayne Numbnuts is our new Supercoach <laughs> overall champion. So congratulations to Wayne, who came from a little bit back uh, in that crazy, crazy final round of Supercoach to get the W, the Supercoach SC Playbook, I should say, unlimited group winner. Glenn, here come the Bears, finished fifth overall. He wins $1,000 as the top-ranked member of that group and he was also a subscriber so he gets all the cashola there second in that was colin coach of parrot power 10 third was cameron coach of span dickles uh glenn he was the old statistician he said for the north sydney bears in the early 90s that is one of the mm. great facts yeah They're good so very stoked about that one so congrats to glenn and the rest of the winners on today's show we'll Just be quickly, looking yeah in um Someone came from 112th to 12th <gasps> in the last round. Whoa. 100 spots. That's what depth does. Everyone, everyone remember that yeah. for future years. That's, yeah. That's what depth, depth does to you, Spy. <laughs> uh, on today's show, we are going to chat about what we learned from Subiots 2023, all our Plenty of things to chat about there. I, I do enjoy doing that at the end of each year. Our Playbook Awards, the Supercoach Team of the Year, the MVP, the Biggest Flop, Most Improved, Positional Awards, all these sorts of things. But firstly, guys, I touched on last week a Supercoach Finals game that SC Playbook would be running. So how it is going to work is there's going to be a social media Supercoach game for each game of the finals. I'll be asking everyone to... Make a selection per game across Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever the post goes out, and you'll have to pick for each game, the post will go out that day pre-game, the highest scoring player and their score from that game, closest to the mark, will win a cash prize, prize value to be determined. So, for example, this week, Storm Broncos, Friday night, will send out a post about lunchtime or whenever, comment on it. Uh, following the game, we'll post the results with all the Supercoach scores on them. I'm praying to God they are put on the Fox website or the DT website. Otherwise, I'll be doing them individually. So, shout out Fox Sports. Please do them for me. Uh, no double guesses. We will be checking the scores across all our social pages. We can also see the timestamps. So, if you do it after kickoff, don't bother because it will be found out. Uh, we are looking for a partner for that to get on board for the final series. So, uh, this will, when I say the cash prize, that'll dictate how much of the cash prize is coming out. If you can get a partner on, we'll bump that one up a little bit. If you or your business is keen to jump on board as a sponsor, email us on supercoachplaybook at gmail.com. That's supercoach, all one word. Uh, or just flick us a direct message on our socials. Couple of questions. If there's a tie, what happens? Split the prize? If there's a tie, it'll be name out of a hat type yeah. job. I was going to say, that's probably too hard for you. Ignore my next suggestion. You've got to pick a second player just as backup. Spy, I'm, I'm meant to be on like half feet up in holidays. There's no one to be any super coach, so don't give me any more work to No, do. that's right. And are we eligible? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh. Start my pre-season Another early. thing I as can said, beat you in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as I said, mate, the timestamps are all there, so there'll be no cheating, none of that sort of stuff. So it uh, just gives a bit of a super coach flavour to it. And also very little prep for anyone. You sit there, you see the posting, like, this person, this score, done, and you can ride your Supercoach player home. Sean Johnson, 191. Mm. There you go. <laughs> we <that>. love that. <laughs> uh, now, guys and girls, 
Let's get stuck into what we learned from the 2023 NRL Supercoach season. Uh, Kuma Stallions, disappointing year <laughs> overall, I must admit. 4,151st overall. Did have a big jump in the final week and uh, sound like a broken record, but one lesson that I learned straight away, depth remains king. And this year, I think as much as ever, I'm so gutted at myself that... My depth probably wasn't quite as good as it could have been. I wish the Stallions were in a better position to make a late charge. I think going to the final round last year, we were sitting at about four or 500. Had it been the same this year, it would have been a very fun last weekend. But I jumped about 2,000 spots because of that depth throughout the year and the planning there. So I think just things like when like the, the, the person who led Supercoach, he finished in the 20s somewhere. Didn't have a lot of numbers this week. As I said, Spy, old mate, they went from over outside the 100 to about 12th. And certainly not alone. A bunch of people struggled with it. So I think the biggest thing when it comes to depth is, A, everyone knows they hate nothing, but the big one is in early in the season, if it costs you an extra 50K to go a bit of a dud who might save you a bit extra cash, you can pay up for someone at that 280, 300K mark. It could be your Charles Nickel Clockstad or your Jermaine Osaka or someone like that who goes on and they might not become a keeper by any means, but gee, I think it goes a long way. Uh, so Spy, that was reinforcing that depth is so, so important. Yeah, like it. Um, obviously, the last round was pretty chaotic this year, so mm. a lot of things we couldn't do about it and the players. But in saying that, if you did have your three trades up your sleeve and a boost, Oof. what an advantage. So it might mean you have nine, then you've suddenly got 12, or you might have 13, then you've got 16. Like, you know, you, you put yourself in the best position. Yeah, if you had, let's say, you had, well two, let's you say had two trades, and, and it's not that depth thing, it's not all about necessarily saving trades for late on, very handy, but if you have two trades and you buy the two high scoring plays for the final round, that could be close to a 150 point swing before you've got on anyone else who even starts. Like this week, I think two of the most popular trade-ins were, were Cola and Daly Cherry Evans. That was about a 330 point swing. Massive. Mm. Yeah, I'm I mean, happy to, yeah. um, for the record, I ended up in the 7,000s. Mm. So pretty gutsy from the boys, I thought, after a pretty tough year. We got down to 13K, down back into the sevens. This time last week, I had 18 players. I ended up with 13. <laughs> yeah. Every day, every hour, I was like, he's out, he's out, this guy's cut, and you're a cut. But anyway, <laughs> um, not to be. One more pot. Sonny Luke would have been nice. No, you know what? He wouldn't have even mattered, Clem. You still would have beaten me. I would have had him too, so. Oh, I'm pretty sure all the players you had out, I had out as well. Yeah, we, funny, funny that. He's been just and he's still making excuses. I know. <laughs> no, no, it's, it's just quite funny, like excuses. how last week on the potter you were boasting, like about your mm. 17 players. 18, actually. 18. <laughs> <laughs> Spy, uh, mate, you can go through them one by one. Things that we sort of learnt this season. I've got a few jotted down as well. What did you come up with, mate? What's first on your list? I'll back what you said. I'd st- I went pretty aggressive early in the season this year with trades and boosts. I still feel like that can be effective, but it didn't really pay off this year. So it's a question next year of just reassessing that and deciding is it worth doing those sort of things because do- there wasn't too too much late season damage last year, that strategy paid off this season because there was. It proved a little bit. Yeah, look, like I would have liked to make a couple of moves late. I did have two trades in hand, but I wasn't able to do anything for about a month. So I'll I, did, pop- I did plenty wrong, Spy, but did uh, some good stuff as well. Stand by it as well. That third boost for post Origin, I think it's so important. Handy to have, yeah. 
Um, just made, let you, allows you to get your team back in order so much quicker though, than anyone else. Yeah, I think I'll probably put a little bit extra value on trades next year and probably just make that call of, I'm trading this guy out for this guy. What am I achieving from it? Is it something I feel like I have to do or is it just because the crowd's doing it? I do feel like I maybe followed the crowd a little bit too much this year. One of my things I noticed when I did review was that because life was busy, I was so busy, I didn't really get a chance to sit down and go through a few different scenarios this year and figure out what other options there were. I'd so 20 hours a week instead of the usual 40. <laughs> I did like it, one, probably one a week. Yeah. Um, so what I'd like to do is go through those scenarios and go option A, B, C. What I was doing this year was just going, yep, I'm happy with this guy, let's do it, but I wouldn't go deeper, which is fine. That's what happens with life. But next year... I'm going to set aside some time. On Wife, a... children, sorry, but I will be missing. Soz. <laughs> I'm thinking what I really want to do, and this is when I think I'm at my best, is Sunday or Monday night. That's when I do my prep. So the round finishes. I then go through the scores and the players, write down who I ideally want as must-haves or wants before prices change, before anything, and before the noise starts happening. It's so like if you come mm, on a podcast cool. or you read socials, you get ideas and like, I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. And what I was finding, I was then getting stubborn. I'm like, maybe I won't do that because I don't know if I want to do it before. I'm just coming to, I can come in on a Tuesday clear-headed, knowing what I want to do, obviously backing myself. We spoke about that earlier in the year a couple of times with Heinz in round th- four. I didn't. Mm. I was going to back myself in, happy days, if it goes wrong, it goes wrong. But then if I come in with a clear head and you mention something, I can then say, yep, I can reassess that because I know exactly what I wanted to do and is there a reason to change it? So that's my big one. Or, yeah, or it might confirm something. You know, you have a thought of a Sunday night and you jot it down. You hear it again from, you know, podcasters or people in the Supercoach community. Go, yep, definitely. Or people give you new ideas. But as you said, it's first and foremost you're backing yourself. Clam, what's first on your list? So I finished in the 6,000s. So that was good. Like that last round was epic for me. And having that one trade, what you were saying about saving saving the trades, that um, really, really helped as well. Um, so that was great. Um, but the first on my list is I need a forward plan better. So especially for those major buy rounds, um, I literally made my buy planning on five little yellow post-it notes. Like I'm not <laughs> even kidding. Um, and that's kind of what I do. Like I'm kind of like a bit of like an on the woman person. Um, but I think you needed to really forward plan and look at what was like going to happen because I came completely unstuck in the buy rounds. Even three weeks is probably okay. Which is like six trades worth. You look yeah. three weeks ahead, you can just get a bit of an idea of how <laughs> yeah. your current trades impact your next ones. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had one note on there saying only the Cowboys on a buy. No trades this week, bro. We're sweet as. Yeah. So like if I had looked ahead, then that would have probably been a lot better for me. Yeah, top of my list was, again, it caught me out a few times. One, I did get right at one point, but it's just never be too proud to swallow your pride if a player gets away on you. And I learned this one with Kalen Ponga this season. Uh, shout out to Ads Derusi, who sort of steered me into it and told me to stop being stubborn. And basically, when he, he'd crawled me for a long period there when a lot of other people jumped on, I paid over a million dollars for him. I think in the past... I'd just be, and at stages this season with other players, someone like maybe Greg Marge, I'd just go, nah, they've got away from me. I'm not paying that. If I didn't get Caelan Ponger in for over a million dollars, like I would have been a mile further down the ranking. So if a player is going that good, particularly if they've got runs on the board in the past and it's not a fluke run, you just stomach it and go, you know what? I need to be on board this player. 
Yeah, I've got stubborn written down here a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was a bit better at doing it this year, but I found even when I jumped on the Sarko late, it was just so nice owning him for a while there and just not going into the week and he just kills you. Yeah. Same with Ponga. There's a few guys this year. I think next year the challenge will be adapting really quickly. It's the NRL now is so unpredictable. The, oh. the swings and the momentum, the form, form lines of teams is so how hard to predict. The bunnies went downhill. How chop and changey the sharks were. So this is what I'm thinking around that. Just with combined with the buy, don't overstack teams yep. at all. Just be ready to be versatile and flick. This year I started. This actually killed me. My whole season started. The first month was my dagger. I started with five roosters. And they were horrible. Yeah. I captained Teddy the first few weeks. He got 55 both times. So there's no momentum there. And then I could have swung that momentum by getting Hines round four. Didn't. I got Harry Grant, who I preached I didn't want. Again, didn't back myself. Yeah. So that could have been everything. But I then had to figure out how to get rid of my roosters when I wanted to make other trades. And so I think not overstack, but be ready to pull in. Guys, from a side, if you're like, yep, they're killing it. I'm happy to jump on board. The Sharks played the third major buy-end, I believe, and I uh, over-invested in them a little bit. And when they did go on a... They picked up a little bit late in the season, but they had that form slump sort of post-origin, I believe it was, and that hurt me a little bit, having too many of them. The Bunnies as well. Not that these blokes killed me too much. Like Cam Murray was actually one of my best trades of the year, but... Like Latrell was okay, but there were some other fullbacks going bonkers at the same time. Cody Walker didn't deliver. Alex Johnston, again, was actually okay for me. I sold him at a good time, but just probably went a little bit too hard on bunnies who their form fell off the face of the earth. Mm. Mm. Uh Spy next on your list. What's next? Bring up the triple X's. My phone keeps closing every 30 seconds. Can anyone fix that for me? I uh, can. <laughs> Unbelievable. <Post> show. <laughs> um, next one would be... Yep, try to predict who starts well. Don't be stubborn. Monday <laughs> night plan. Back the chooks. Eat clam. What I want to do. <laughs> I don't need to write that. <laughs> Eat clam, perform miracles. Try to walk out. Um, <laughs> it is picking. I mean, you do this anyway, but I want to have a base of guys next year, I think, who I'm just never going to trade. We can do that anyway, but like, I messed around with Harry Grant this year. I ended up. Dropping him. And it worked out pretty well. He actually dropped 200K. Same with Cam Murray. He's made some good calls this year, mm. but I didn't then bring in the guys to benefit from that. So I think someone like Harry, I'm probably just going to look just to get him from round one. I held him all season. Not have to deal Stoke with that. Even though he averaged 73, it didn't hurt me, but it means I can just have him sitting there, Harry as an example, and then build your side around those guys and be able to flick and do whatnot rather than going, oh, I might have to get Harry back or Nico, whoever it may be. Even like for Feeder and Harry, you might go, all right, there might be rest over the origin period or fewer minutes, but is it worth it for two trades in and out? Yeah, and if you're already there, you're starting from the start of the year. I've got, I think I mentioned before, I've yeah, already picked my the side I hope to have. And if you ask me in a few minutes, I'll get it up and I'll tell you the guys I want to lock it around. But I think Harry was definitely one. Just in that tough position. I think it's not what he scores. It's more you just don't have to worry about it. Mm. You can then deal with other issues as you go. So I'll probably be a little bit less stubborn there and not get too creative. What I, what I do try to do in Supercoach is come up with ideas to get an advantage on the rest and then reassess. Um, but I think if you've got your base of guys set there, then you can get creative around that maybe. Yeah. Clem next right next for me was 
to jump on players when they're on their hot streak and not wait because I did that last year as well and that was the one thing that I said I'd change last year and I obviously didn't change (laughs) it because here I am again with the same problem. So one that sticks out for me is Buller. So everybody was like jumping on him, he's on a hot streak and I was like, oh, I'm just going to wait and then I was like, oh my God, I need this player. And so I jumped on him when everybody else was jumping off him and so I got 47 by 27 cash drop 16. (laughs) When oh everyone else goodness. was trading them oh out, so dear. that would yeah, that would definitely be my worst trade of the year, hundred yeah. percent. But yeah, so next year I'm definitely gonna just be a bit quicker at jumping on players. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my last sort of main one that I jotted down was just not uh, by being too cautious around potential injuries. I, I think I and Kate, Caelan Pong was a big <coughs> one here. I am Caelan Pong's biggest NRL fan, his biggest Supercoach fan. His concussion history, I just couldn't touch him, and and that's why I'm just like. I was waiting for him to get a head knock and go off and then all da da. You know, we've seen a million times before. Absolutely killed me. Now, there's a lot of luck involved in these sort of things, but even if it is a person with a history of doing hammies or got shoulder problems or whatever, at the end of the day, I think as tough as these blokes are, if they're not good to go, they probably won't be playing for their club. They back them to get through it and they play them and they should be good. Sure, sometimes there might be uh, re-injury occurring, but there's just a few times that I let go and held off players. So I'm like, oh, just that in- injury chance. Just going, you know what? Back him in. Yeah, it's a good call. And I think it's the upside guys like Ponga. Yeah, you upside know what? He fair. can score 180, so let's just get him in and see what happens. He might, he might, he might go, well, he did this year, Mike's injury. He might go 150, 150. And then he might get a head knock and play 10 minutes. He might have captained him. But he's got that many points in the process. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Or, and if you're really worried about him, get him in. Or get someone in like that. Don't captain him. So no, meet, uh, meet in the middle. Another one there is Nico Hines early in the season when he was coming back from injury and people jumped on. Some people didn't. I didn't. I was, thought he was coming back from that calf, uh, hammy or calf or something. I just mean, he's got to take time to build into it. <laughs> no, no, no. Yep. If Not he's named, course. just assume they're yeah. good to go. Yeah, for sure. I do think Kalen's the exception. I still don't think it made sense to buy him early in the year and he got knocked out, I think, around two. Mm. But the guys that then the guys and girls that then took the punt after he'd strung a couple of games together and went, you know what, let's just have a crack. Yeah. Yeah, not saying like yeah. it doesn't have to be first game, but even like three, four weeks in. Got through two eighty minutes. Let's just Sweet. let's see how we go. But yeah. yeah. He he was probably a very unique scenario, but I agree with what you're saying. Yeah. If you've got someone that you think could be good, you know what, blokes get injured, just go with it. it that's happens. why that's why we've got trades there, isn't yeah. it, I guess? Uh, spy, anything else on your list, mate? Can't have my phone anymore, so I've given up. No, um, <laughs> that was about it. That was about it. Clem, anything else on yours? Oh, I just had like how good it was to have trades at the end of the season. Like having that one trade was epic, but having like two or three just would have exclamation mark trades, late trades roll. <laughs> just trades are great. <laughs> I've got my base guys, um, my base starters for next year: Harry Grant, Fafita, Cleary, Dylan Brown. And Ponga. So it's five guys I want in. Obviously, it all depends on what mm. they're worth. Yeah. But they're the guys I'd like to start with in the positions. I looked at 5'8", by the way. No idea who we're all going to pick at 5'8 next Just year. Just KP it's, won't be dual. Yeah, it is so short. Would have made my life a lot easier this year if he wasn't dual this year, <laughs> but here we are. I'm uh, just copying down all those players so I can bring them in next I year. I just read out five <laughs> random dudes that don't play in the NRL. Clem's like, beautiful. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> these are my players for next these year. Are. <laughs> Must be younger, under 20 Austin, guys. 5'8", done. <laughs> Sam uh, Williams, skipper. <laughs> uh, Aiden Caesar. Oh, he's back. He's uh, back. Captain Aiden Caesar, round one next year. <laughs> uh, guys, Paddy and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. 
a big thank you to those legends for their support throughout the season. Uh, obviously, it allows us to put a bit of cash back into the podcast, into the website, make sure we are improving, getting better and better every year to give you better content. Uh, they've been able to help out with a bunch of things this season for the SC Playable Clisters, and heaps of people have reached out. Anything from wedding or honeymoon financing, handling your mortgage if you're trying to get into the housing market, sorting your interest rates, your short-term loans, all sorts of different things. Uh, just because the podcast is wrapping up for the NRL season doesn't mean you can't reach out to them. So if any time between now or the end of the year, even in the future down the track, I'm sure they'll look after you. Make sure you do mention SC Playbook when you do. It'll save you $129 on a free consult. Uh, to do that, flick them a message on Instagram, Pat and George underscore SCW, or give them a buzz on 02-9521-1611. Now, let's get stuck into our awards for the 2023 NRL Supercoach season. I've got one more thing. I'm not going to talk to Clem about footy next year. I'll have a beer with you. I'll watch games. No comments. No footy talk. You're I'm really assuming. dirty on this one, aren't you? <laughs> you haven't known me for that long. I'm a little bit competitive. I, I, I'm, I'm, assuming, uh, I'm assuming no footy conversation with Matty Ryan anymore either. Or that, that had already stopped this year. That was the last six weeks I'd already started that. <laughs> <laughs> and he was pretty good to his credit. Yeah. The funniest thing is I'm so uncompetitive. Like, I, I just felt when really like, chill I hope he about it. to make it a good finish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now, uh, criteria for the awards, uh, the positional awards in particular, pretty loose, just kind of a bit of a fun. We'll all put in our vote for each position to come up with a team of the year. We'll have, based on things like average, how many games were played, reliability, you know, were they out late in the season? Did they have restings over the origin period? Did they have injury periods, et cetera, et cetera? Uh, we'll go by supercoach position. So, Jewel Kaus, someone like Kalen Ponga, will be 5'8 and fullback. Uh, I'll also be sending these out across the SC Playbook social channels next week. We'll put together a fan vote team of the year as we do every year on the SC Playbook website. We'll start with fullback. Now, five key nominations that stood out to me here. Scott Drinkwater, 83-point average, played 21 games. Tommy Chaboyevich, you look back and just think, oh, injury, started slow, down year. Well, Tommy Turbo averaged 82 points per game in 11 games. Reese Walsh, 80 points per game in 19 games. Clint Gutherson, 79-point average in 23 games. Latrell Mitchell, 77 points in 16 games. Latrell, it also feels like he had a down year. So what have we got? There's six points separating them. Spy, I'll start with you. Who gets the nod for you? Drinky gets the nod. It's hard for me not to give Drinky the nod, given how much I bloody love the bloke. But Clint Gutherson, a very close second. What a year for Clint. He's mm. awesome. Uh, but Scotty D with the win. Clem, of those five, who do you like? Well, I gave it to Reese Walsh just because he's so sparky to watch and he's so fun. <laughs> and, like, he gave me a 22-point captaincy. But at the same time, that judiciary was popcorn-worthy drama to watch. So True. he just gave us such oh a ride that I decided he's my fullback of the year. Um, and then runner-up, Drinky, definitely. I wish I had him in my team when he went on tier. Like, just so good. So I literally thought you were going to say <laughs> Reese Walsh because he's so sexy. No, I, Which is probably another valid reason. <laughs> yeah. Also oh, in the criteria. Sparky, so good to watch. Yeah, he is. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Clint Gutherson on the basis that played two more games than Drinkwater, played a fair few more games than anyone else there. His consistency was incredible. And across that origin period, he... Did he cover all three of the major origin weeks? He I know did. Parramatta did. 
he did, but I didn't want to take away from Drinky just because of his schedule. It's a bit, bit rough, but yes, he it did. all comes he into did. it. It all comes into like to, to me. I'm going well. Clint Gusson helped own us through three major uh, bye weeks, so. I, Clint Gutherson for me Hey Matty We might throw to you For the tiebreaker Because we are split So the five fullbacks Matty Drinkwater Trebojevic Walsh Gutherson Latrell. I have gone with Gutho Clem's gone with Reese Walsh Spice got Drinkwater Who have you got? Yeah I'll I'll probably Stick with Spy here And go with, with Drinkwater <laughs> for, for two reasons Thanks, uh, One I In my team I actually got him at a really good time and, and managed to hold on to him for the back end of the year, which was which was uh, which was good for me. But second of all, people seem to forget Drinkwater got suspended for a shoulder charge at the start of the year for three games. He came back and the two or three weeks that he played were a bit of a disaster. And it actually, to me, it looks like he was kind of hesitating. It looked like he was scared of contact, which is weird because he came back from a suspension on injury. And I was wondering what the hell is going on with Drinkwater. Then out of nowhere, bang, he flicked a switch. And if he didn't get so suspended, I know there's a lot of contenders. He could get Dalian fullback of the year. Yeah. He'd be right. He'd be right up there. So um, he was absolutely amazing. I don't know what happened in that start of the year, but yeah, drink water for me. Scott Drinkwater, fullback of the year. And on that, he had them two games early on that Maddie mentioned. He also had that like two or three point stinker real early on in the year. No one really owned him then. He had that suspension period, the slow return back. So people that did jump on, what a massive move that was this season. The they got a lot more than their 83-point average. He averaged 61 heading into the first round 13 by. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So, Scotty Drinkwater, congratulations. Centre wing now, pretty hot field here. Greg Marju, 77-point average in 20 games. Jermaine Osako, 77 in 24 games. 77 Osako? What? I feel like that was 73. Anyway, I'll check that in a minute. Dane Gagai, 72 points per game in 20 games. Three tries all season, Dane Gagai. Oh, wow. Unbelievable. Well, Val Holmes, 72 points per game in 18 games. Ruben Garrick, 71 points in 21 games. Brian Toto, 71 in 20. Dallin Bertens Lesniak, 70.5 in 17. Campbell Graham, 69 in 21. Now, the last six blokes I mentioned there are all within three points of each other. Marju and Asako a little bit higher up on 77. Spy, I'll go to you, mate. Yeah, Asako. Uh, he was unbelievable. Such credit 77. To it, it, was it was 77. 77. Consistent. Did it from the get-go. I'd nearly say Greggy Marju, but... He missed the bus one week, one week. Azarko didn't. So there's your criteria split. Clem? Yep, I agree 100%. I've given it to Asako as well. He just scored so many tries and just amazing. If Tapato had passed him the ball, he would have scored some more. Like, totally got it on Asako with my runner-up being Marzio. And I also said if he didn't miss the bus, that average would yeah. be higher. <laughs> yeah, got to be Jermaine Asako. And just the fact that he's done in the Dolphins team that finished what, 13th or 14th or something, no one gave them a chance this season to do that on the end of a backline there. Holy moly. So, Jermaine Asako is the champion there. I think as well, go speak to someone who's never watched a game of rugby league and ask, who do you think? And they'll look at the stat sheet, who scored the most tries and who scored the most goals. <laughs> Simple as that. Jermaine Asako, unbelievable year. At 5'8", Caelan Ponga, 87-point average, in 18 games. Dylan Brown, 76.5 in 17 games. Cam Munster, 71 in 19 games. Same every year, Cam Munster, between 70 and 75. Unbelievable. Cody <laughs> Walker, 69 in 22 games. Pretty hard to go past Caelan Pong in this one. Yeah, Dylan Brown, awesome. Obviously, we know what happened with him, so he's surely disqualified 
And KP, he he was the season winner, wasn't he? Yep. If you didn't have him at the right time, you probably didn't win the Supercoach or go that well. Clem? Yep, I agree. As simple as that, KP, 100%. At halfback, this is a good one. Nico Hines, 95 points per game in 20 games. Nathan Cleary, 89 in 19 games. Sean Johnson, 78 in 23 games. Daly Cherevin, 77 in 22 games. Spy, I'll start with you. Sean Johnson. (laughs) 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 If this is an official awards show, you have to give it to Hines. Mm. Came out of the blocks. Again, an absolute game changer. Just quietly, how consistent is Cleary? Another eighty nine, uh, but yeah, if there's any award and Sean Johnson's up for for grabs, he gets he gets my vote. Clem, I had a tie, so I went for Hines just because, like, obviously those points, like that ninety five average, um, and I also tied him with SJ because, like, what a vintage performance, yeah. like amazing, and like he's helped the Warriors <coughs> to finals, so definitely a tie for me. Yeah, I'm going Nico Hines. I mean, he averaged six points clear of the rest, and. I think Nico Hines sealed that in round 27. In a week where owners... He lost a massive point by missing round 26, injured, in another key week for play, for people. Like I know I and a bunch of others had to sell. It didn't have to sell him. Chose to sell him for Daly Cherry Evans. But finishing with a bang with that big ton, coming back the final game of the round, probably a captaincy option for a lot of people out there. Six points clear of Cleary. Uh, I think we've had Nico. That just reminded me of something. Points to learn from. I'm not sure I had the best skipper options available to me to start this year. So critical to be able to lock Mm. someone in who you can rely on to go big or as a ceiling, as a floor, sorry, of like 80. Captains are so important. Got to yeah, start well. I, I, I won't yeah. humour you, 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 what you learn and what you've got to do because captains are a freaking lottery every year. You, you get some right, you get some wrong. Oh, what I meant though was I think I started the year and Teddy was my best option. Yeah. Uh, maybe we were short on options. Certainly, I can't remember back that yeah. far. But like, if you can lock in, your, that's the reason you can lock in one of these guns because they just are so damn good and can score so high. Second row forward, look, I think Dave Fafidi is going to walk this one in at 81.5 points per game. Let's do a runner-up for this position. Jermaine Hopgood, 73 points per game. Britton Nicaragua, 70 points per game. Isaiah Yo, 69 points per game. He was just off the best of them. I felt like no one owned him all year, probably because of the origin period and fear of late restings, but just every year. That is very good, yeah. Isaiah. Um, I'll go against the grain here. Many will go Hopgood. And rightly so. Britton Nicara. Mm. So fun to own. He upped his work rate. The lines he runs and how often he looks like scoring a try. Pleasure to own. I'll give him runner-up on that alone. Britton Nicara. Clem? I'm going Hopgood for my runner-up, definitely. Um, I just think, like, he was so cheap. And, like, he's such a cheapie. And, like, imagine if you, like, jumped on and off and on and off at the right times. Like... So many points in him, like made so much cash. You know, with Nicker though, everyone owned Hopgood. <laughs> so if you were able to get on Nicker at the right time, boom. Fair. Obviously plenty of bias going into these because if a player suited your team, you're going to get a, a big notch for approval there. The, the players don't actually get these awards, so I don't mind going a bit rogue here. <laughs> yeah, Hopgood, Hopgood gets the runner-up for me behind, obviously, Dave Fafita. Fafita, who... Just a freaking incredible year from Big Fifi. Front row forward of the year, Tino Fusua Malawi, 77.5 points per game in 19 games. 
Payne Haas, 73.5 in 20 games. Adam Fanua Blake, 72.5 in 23 games. Torhu Harris, 66.6 in 20 games. Spy, I'll start with you. Tino, and I want to start with Tino next year. Hope I can fit him in. What a gun. Clem? I'm going AFB. Like, I absolutely love watching him and 23 games he played. So, like, definitely going AFB. I'm going AFB as well. I didn't know any more year, but look, he was five less than Tino, but he played four more games, Spy. Mm, true. Again, origin period. He had origin coverage with the Warriors draw through there. Yep. Has to be better. No, not has to be better, but... Who would I rather have owned? Yeah, AFB on that mm. in terms of just total value. Fanil Blake gets the nod. That is huge from him, but Ooh. I'm with you, Spy. <laughs> Next season, round one, Tino of Malawi. Yep. Oh, you can geez. have your pain, Haas. Yeah. <laughs> At Hooker, another standout winner here, guys. Harry Grant, 73.5 points per game. Had him all season and absolutely stoked with that. Let's go runner-up. Damien Cook, 65 points per game. Jeremy Marshall King, 65 points per game in 15 games. Cody Nikarima, 58 points per game. Dual 5'8 hooker status. In his first two games of the year, he had 48 points in 42 minutes, then zero points in three minutes off the bench. So stats skewed a little bit. He's right up there. I'll tell you what, 15 games is the only reason I don't have him as my winner. Like, if I started with Aaron this year in the hooking department, it would have been JMK mm. if I got to choose. He would have been super cheap. He could have plugged in so many guns around him. And obviously, once he got hurt, we kind of knew, so you could have sold him on. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him my winner um, based on what he did. Ahead not, of not Harry total, Grant? Not or? total game. Well, man, it's a pretty broad category, isn't it? We don't really have a criteria. Who's the best? <laughs> the, if you held... This is the team of the year, mate. If you held JMK until when he did his shoulder, that game, and missed a game and sold him. But then, then he'd like... They said, oh, I'll be back next week, and then he'd miss one, and then some people held, then he came back for a game, got injured, was gone for a game. 2024 spy would have cut him. Ruthless. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to say Harry anyway, so he'll Glenn, who's your uh, number one then? If we're t- if the, if Harry's not a standout in Spies' eyes, who's your number one? Oh, Harry Grant. Like Spies he's like head and shoulders above the others. Um, but definitely JMK is my runner-up, a hundred percent. Like so if Harry, he played more yeah, games, Harry lost about two hundred k. Sorry to cut him. <laughs> Harry lost about two hundred k. JMK made about two hundred k. The best way to win Supercoach this year would have been starting with JMK. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. What about Sonny Luke? He well, deserves an honourable mention. Sonny Luke. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> Poor Sonny. He's actually so fun to watch when he's on, but yeah. Not if you own anyone else in the Penrith team because he doesn't pass it. <laughs> <laughs> Love the scoot. All right. Cheapy of the year. I've gone sub 300k here. Now, look, Jermaine Hopgood's going to be the standout one here across the course of the season. I'll throw a few things in there. Uh, one that I got right earlier on. He had a few low scores around around seven, eight, nine ish, and a heap of people sold off before that buy period. So he might have cost people a few trades to get him out and then back in. Started at two ninety eight k. Now we're taking taking obviously price into consideration. He averaged seventy three points per game, low score of forty one. He scored under sixty once from round nine onwards and had three tons. Bryce Cartwright started at two thirty four k, averaged sixty two points per game. He ended on six sixty nine k. Jacob Preston started at 200k, 60 point per game average, rock solid all year. And the interesting one here, Jareem Buller. <coughs> Cream, I know what you'll say, but <laughs> Jareem Buller for most people out there. He started at 200k. He finished with a 57 point average, but 
He topped at <coughs> 711k. He had 511k in price rises starting at bottom dollar. He had a 76-point average after seven games. So most people sort of cashed him in and near enough that 700k mark. Spy, who's your cheaper of the year? On the exact same logic <coughs> as JMK, I think Jareem Buller. If you got him at bargain basement and sold him mm. around 700k with an average of a billion, how good. Bit of buy coverage too. Or yeah, or bit origin of bike coverage, coverage, I should say. Like, I think, sure, hot good for the season, of course, in total yeah. and that. But if you... If you bought and sell at the right time, Buller, unbelievable. Clem? Um, well, I've kind of got two. So definitely Hopgood. Like, I think he was the cheapie of the year. Like, just, like, amazing. Um, but then also, honourable mention to the Cardi Party. Like, he just kept going. He was amazing. So much stamina, which is what you want in a player. Just when you thought he was done, like, he'd take you on, like, a Euro trip bender. Like, he'd <laughs> pop up at a bar in the Greek Islands, like, getting vodka poured down his throat. Like, and he'd go he, big. He would go big. Like, he, I reckon, he can be my cheapie of the year. Just for the ride he took him right on. Car, right. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't take me on it. I avoided him all year. I think he did four Kentucky tours this <laughs> season alone. Body shots. Cut he was like loose. naked dancing in someone's kitchen mm. while the birds were chirping. Fair, like, yeah. fair, fair play to him. What a party. Yeah. Look, I, I find it hard to go past Hopgood. He's particularly good to my side. I held him all the way through till about round 20. I didn't sold him for Cam Murray. Baited at 200k. That was one of my best moves of the year. Didn't trade him <laughs> early on. So have to go with Hopgood. But Jareem Buller, he... For anyone that exactly nailed, if for anyone that got him from 200k and sold him at 700k, there weren't many who would have got the double, but one of the all-time moves for 500k in rise. Most improved player of the year, Jermaine Asako. Started the year at 383k, finished the year at 354k, averaging 77, a low score of 35. His only score under 44. He had seven tons in the four years prior. He averaged 36, 56, 39, 45. Sean Johnson, 78 points per game. Two years prior, averaged 43 and 53. Dallin Wattenius Lesniak, 70 points per game. Four years prior, averaged 42, 53, 40, 36. Charles Nicol Cookstad, averaged, sorry, started at 327K, averaged 67 by the end of the year. Had numerous games in their concussion impact. I think it was three. Uh, Special mentions also here, and feel free to throw them in, but Britton Nickerart, Nick Meany, Scott Sorensen, and Zach Hosking. Hosking, again, another one who by the end of the year, numbers didn't read incredibly, but the majority of people got him, had him for a pretty good run, spy, most improved. Oh, they actually all deserve it. Yeah. Unbelievable from the boys. There's nothing better in sport than seeing someone just either turn it around or just go to a new level and just enjoying the ride. Um, but, <laughs> SJ, baby, um, what he did this year... Mm. Super coach and real footy. I watched the first, obviously the first round of the year. I can't remember who they played, but he let a real soft try in in the first 10 minutes. And I Lachlan remember... Lachlan Fitzgibbon. Was it? And Straight I sat through. there and I went, oh, I think you probably should have retired. I mean, it was based on 10 minutes footy. Yeah. I thought, this could be bad. He's going to end up dropped. I could not have envisioned where we are today, going into a Saturday top four final. I'm so, I feel like crying. I'm not happy. So good. Clem? Up the was. Yeah. Um, look, honestly, like, I agree. Like, everyone on this list deserves it. Um, obviously, I love my Warriors, but yeah, I'm going to go. There. there is. Um, and there's a team. Like, how much have they improved? Um, but I'm going to go with Sarko. Just, I just feel like he was just such a top scorer for the year and, like, improving on last year's average of 36. Like, Incredible. So I'm going to Sarko, um, but I actually have 
uh, random special mention, and that's David Fafita. Like the 2023 yes. version yeah. of David Fafita with all that scoring, all those tons. Like, what a massive turnaround from last year. Yeah, there was no roller coaster about him. He just rolled nah, up the sleeves. Just boom. Yeah, yeah. How'd you describe Fafita again? Um, <laughs> my shag, my super coach shag. <laughs> we'll take the 2023 version now too. We just don't take the 2022 version because there's no scoring happening. <laughs> he just stands there and waves his arms around. Doesn't get involved in the action. <laughs> oh. I've also gone with Jermaine Asako. Didn't know any more year. Right up into the final round of the year, just killed the Stallions again. Talking about being a bit stubborn, probably a bit stubborn against Asako, but he was brilliant. I think the last two rounds of the year, I was watching games and he didn't look like, like he did much. Might have scored a try in each. I think he nearly tunned up in both. I was like, credit to him. He just Young. kept getting it done. Biggest flop of the year in <laughs> Supercoach circles. Who was the most disappointing in your eyes, Spy? You know what? I didn't even do this one. I'll start um, with Clementine yeah. Cassidy then. Okay, so let me start at the beginning. So I was like <laughs> full of we hope. <laughs> I was fresh-faced, full of hope for the season, and who should I bring straight into my team? But cheese. And oh. once again, he played me. So here's the biggest disappointment of my season by light years. Once, like, definitely. Once again, and... Oh, didn't. The worst supercoach situation I've ever had in my life and I'm so proud of myself because I'm not bringing him in next year, she says and now, and then brings him straight back in. Did you have him once or <laughs> twice this year? Um, I would like to say I had him once. <laughs> yeah. But I don't know if it's true. You're absolutely starting next season with him. <laughs> oh, it'll be like, he'll be my first pick. Oh. Tell, tell us yours. I'm just going to quickly track my early trades because that'll tell me something. But I, I, but I can tell you something. Cheese, I've got pencil in with Harry. I think he's he's, he's fit about again. He's come here. good. Well, looks, looks like cheese cool. is coming into the team. Cheese is back in I cheese is a really good one. I mean, I thought Isaiah Papali'i just because he was coming off an eighty point average the two years prior, finished with a fifty six point average, which is an enormous drop off. You know, he was obviously came from a, a grand final side in Parramatta the year prior, but just could not get things going. Couldn't get combinations going with his halves all season. He's one that any improvement the Tigers next year, he's got to be dirt cheap to start next season so that I won't mind. But uh, IPAP, not one that I owned. I was very close to buying and a few things didn't eventuate. But Isaiah Papali, he's spied. Do you want now or do you want us to keep going? Skip that one. All yeah. good. Uh, the Coaches Award. Just, they didn't really fit into any of the criteria <coughs> here, but some honourable mention, not honourable mentions. Who was the Coaches Award for your team, Spy? Uh, Clem? Me? Well, I actually got this question wrong. I thought, like, we meant coach of the year. And so I chose, <laughs> I chose Andrew Webster, like, oh, coaching sure. the Warriors to their first well, finals that's, that's since fair. 2018. Yeah. Top four finish. But honestly, it kind of works as well because, like, he's clearly helped us as super coaches because all these players are scoring massive, yeah. you know, points. So, yeah, Andrew Webster's my that's, coach's choice. Albeit accidental, that's one of the great calls because you're right. He, get, he gifted us... Players like Sean Johnson, Dalian Watanis of Lesniak, Jackson Ford, Dualeska, Adam Fanil yep. Blake, Toru Harris. So God chance. Great call. My coaches' yep. awards have gone to <laughs> Tyrone Peachy and Phoenix Crossland, who just, I earned great cash off them. I played them at some certain times and they scored well for me. So while they didn't fit in anywhere else, massive, massive part of the, the Stallion season. Spide, you come up with anyone? Yeah, Greggy Mazu, despite yeah. missing the bus, ultra consistent, <laughs> good work rate, finish as well. He was great for me. Brought yep. him in pretty early and just stuck with him till the end. So, 
Big fan of Greggy. If Caleb Pong was good to go from round one this year and was at fullback, he was he in for you. Ninety plus. Uh, well, yeah, there's that too. I yep. had him all round one draft, yeah, yeah. and then he was injured round one, yeah, and I didn't get him. Out, but I was just gonna say if KP was there from the get go, no concussions, Marge would lean a 90 plus average comfortably. Yeah, He's in my starting side as well next and year. And now the big one, our MVP, Super Coach Player of the Year, Spy. Who have you got? <coughs> Kalen, obviously hard to beat because he's he's the comp winner. Mm. Like if you jumped on him, as we said, I tell you what, Nico Hines, 95, <laughs> came out, blasted 180 first game. Hard to split him, isn't it? I might need a Maddie split the difference over here. Super coach MVP for me, mm-hmm. Nico Hines just for averaging 95 and being an absolute weapon, mm-hmm. or Kalen Ponga for just changing the game mid season. Well, Nico Hines wasn't even your favourite halfback this year. So, <laughs> so purely Ponga. I'm probably taking the piss if I give SJ MVP though. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, considering Hines was so good last year and Ponga was out for the first half of the year. Possibly going to retire. Uh, with all the head knocks, I'd probably go with Ponga. Okay. Fair. KP? Clem? Okay, so my biggest... Clem, if you don't start speaking in that microphone <laughs> so people can hear, I'll tell you what. My biggest player of the year was Cheese because he played me yet again. Um, but I'm going <laughs> to... <Nailed> go- <laughs> Never learning. But I'm going to go Prince Nico Hines... Top score of 1,900 points for the season. He only played the 20 games, mm. um, but he is just so glorious to watch with that glorious wear here. So he gets my player of the Was year. He, highest, he had most points. Most points in 20 games. So he's gone back to back and done that, Nico. So um, he deserves it. Fair play to him. I am going with Kalen Ponga again. I keep hearing a lot of people have killed me this season, but in 12 games at fullback, he averaged 105 points. He had a low of 47 against Penrith in that period. That was in Penrith. He had nine scores over 90 and a half in those 12 games with five over 120. The be- biggest thing about KP is most people didn't own him until around it when he started going big and he'd found his feet at fullback, had a few games back. So I can more, – more people than not would have had him for 100-plus average. So I can – it's Kalen Ponga. So we've got Ponga, Hines – Ponga. I'm actually this late drama. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Hines. He did it all year. Nico Hines. Nico Hines it is. Yep. Uh, Clem, now we don't have a lot of time because Spy's got places to be, people to see, baby's heads to kiss. <laughs> but you've got a few flyer awards Hook in, Clem. for us. So don't rush. It's we do. A few, a few colourful awards to, to finish off oh, the, uh, the award ceremony. We do. Now, of course, <clears> the first one has to be a Hero of the Year award. Definitely. And obviously that's going to go to Nico Hines. Like the bobblehead up here. That oh my god, the photo with him here with the hair yeah. gel. Like you can literally predict how many extra points he's gonna get by how wet his hair is. <laughs> and he, you know, is wetting it up all the time now, which is great. And we've also got, you know, moist hair when it's sweaty, like so that's great too. Um, that's come into it, hasn't it? Recently? It has, yeah. In the warmer weather. It definitely yeah. has. Jeez. And to me, have you sorted out my um, official hair gelling position yet? Uh, in the process of it. I was actually yeah. at Shark Park on Sunday evening and we had some discussions with Shark staff, Nico himself, and it's happening. Yep, perfect, amazing. I cannot wait. And there's a special mention to DWZ, the flying perm Ooh, deserves yeah. a hair award. Oh my God, the best perm in the world. Like watching him run down the field with that perm <laughs> bobbing up behind him is just glorious. I don't even know that's what it was called, but good to know. <laughs> I don't think it's a perm, but you know, <laughs> yeah. it's still stunning. I'll be telling people with like mad mouths, that's a lovely perm. 
Uh, what else are on there, Claire? Okay, we've got eyebrows of the year, and they clearly go to Reese Walsh. Yeah. Those are the most perfect identical twins I have ever seen in, on anybody's <laughs> face. They are so perfect. I really want the name of his eyebrow waxer because they are gorgeous. Do you he has an eyebrow waxer? A hundred percent. Those things are like identical yeah, right. twins. Mine are like distant cousins that are fighting like at the moment. Like, his is so good. Like, if yours yep. are distant cousins that are fighting, what are mine? Yours are beautiful. Oh, thank you. Love <laughs> <laughs> we'll you back next year. Um, and we have another award, which is the Recruit Your Girlfriends to mm. NRL and Supercoach Award. And that goes to Joey Manu. I was sitting there watching the Dolphins-Roosters game with a couple of my girlfriends. We're having a few glasses of wine. Nobody was watching the game but me. And then <laughs> in the post-match interview... Who should pop on screen but Joey M and oh my God, you should have seen them. Like Heads literally turned. drooling into their wine glasses, <laughs> eyes locked at the screen. Special support award to the camera person who was doing leg shots and torso shots. And I think the girls are going to play next year. Like, They're so in. in. Joey M. And they'll captain Joey Martin in round 26 and he'll do his hammy for 10 <laughs> points and they'll hate him. Yeah. Or you won't hate him. And he'll score 400. One way or another, he will ruin my season. Uh, any others? We have one more, which this is, is my a little bit funny. So, or you tell the little story then. All right. It was last time we did the podcast, had a little reel out across the socials on the Instagram <laughs> account. And your call was, Clem, on the video backing Ellie Katoa. This is just as he'd come back. He hadn't done anything magnificent at the time. And you thought he was a great buy and some absolute uh, legend out there <laughs> told you to get back to the kitchen. <laughs> yes. So this award is called the Egg on Your Face Award and it goes to at TJ0077 on Instagram um, who told me to stay in the kitchen mm. because of my Ikatoa trade. Well, hun, the 127 points were mighty <laughs> delicious. So stay out of my kitchen because it's too hot for you in there. Uh, <laughs> boom. <laughs> one boom. of the great, Clem. Uh, yeah, one a shocker from the big fella. But look. I said, you can start throwing shade when you beat Clement Supercoach, and she has a top finish of six, so <laughs> we'll see. Guys, the SC Playbook podcast has partnered with Better this season, of course. Thank you for their support throughout 2023. Last week, our Player of the Week, Daly Cherry Evans, 60-plus official NRL fantasy points, into a Tolatau Cola try at $3.60. That landed by about four minutes into that game. Uh, so happy days there. This week, we've got two of three players to score tries, Liam Martin, Britton Nicara, and Eliasa Katoa in the finals. Going with the back rollers, no odds yet, but that market will be up on the SC Public Socials later in the week. What's Root Gambling really costing you for free and con- confidential support? Call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Now, that will wrap it up for the SC Playbook podcast this week. Firstly, a few thank yous, uh, and we will start off with Matty the Waterboy, who comes in each and every week and does this off his own back in his own time just to help myself uh, and the team and SC Playbook. So, Matty, you've you done the hard yards for us time and time again. No worries. I love coming here every Tuesday. Fully welcome. Hate talking footy. Oh, mate, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> uh, next one, of course, the wonderful SC Playbook community for their support throughout the season. All those who subscribed, uh, even the non-subscribers who jumped on, listened to the podcast, read the articles, and just the, the entire SC Playbook community, so collaborative, so supportive. There's such little malice in them. I say it each and every year, but it's, a, it's not a cop out. There's just such little negativity around it. Everyone just wants to help each other out. Twitter's a big one in the super great circles, guys, and just a bunch of legends. Just a good crew. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bloody great. Met some great mates there, and uh, next year I might have to do a bit of a catch-up with everyone 
magic round, I dare say. Oh, you've talked me into it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there will be more SC Playbook content throughout the finals. The Halfback Podcast, of course, will be up of a Thursday. Beers and break-evens continuing throughout the finals. We're going to roast each other's teams in that one, which will be a bit of fun. Of course, our Supercoach Finals game for all nine finals games. Keep an eye out for that across the socials. And then our Big Bash Supercoach content will start from the back end of October. We're also going to expand on our cricketing content this season to be a bit wider than just Big Bash. So looking forward to that. The same excellent team there, including Andrew Langley, who has won back-to-back overall Supercoach titles. Absolutely unheard of. Andrew's joining the team this year, which is super exciting. Uh, so we'll be back for that later on. As I said, bits and pieces throughout the finals. But, Spy, for now, that's a wrap, mate. Thank you for your year. Thanks, people. It's been bloody great. Good fun, as always. I, I'm actually so pumped for next year. Yeah. Oh, I kind of <laughs> wish, wish it was starting this week. <laughs> um, Aiming for a top 10 finish, which means the girl on my right here will probably be about three points in front of me. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe winning it. So we'll see how we yeah. go. Uh, and Clem, you'll be more of a – you're Sydney-bound yep, for 2024, Sydney bound. even before. So yep. you'll be more of a regular fixture next year, which is exciting. Yeah, which will be exciting. Thank you so much for having me on again. And it's just been another epic season. And, yeah, you're right. The Supercoach community is just amazing. Um, so, yeah, so I'm pumped for next year too. Ready to beat Spy for the fourth year in a row. Four on the trot. <laughs> no deal. Right, guys, that does wrap it up for the SC Playbook podcast. NRL version, of course, that is for 2023. So thank you for all the support and enjoy the NRL finals. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.